Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. And welcome to 12th Man Rising Seahawks podcast. I'm site expert, quote unquote. Not really an expert, but hey, they pay me. Uh, Lee Vowell, and I'm with uh, Kevin Daggett, who's really the expert on this show. So, Kevin, how are you? I'm doing good. Expert, I don't know about that, but uh, been a Seahawks fan for a while. <laughs> that counts. I, I, I have uh, I've been a Seahawks fan as well for a while, but I'm not sure if I'm espousing any kind of uh, espousing any kind of information out there. But um, so anyway, Rashad Penny has broken finger, broke his finger. He's out three to four weeks. Um, should should make it back by uh, week one of the real season, which starts, of course, September 9th. Any concerns with Penny breaking his finger? Does he? He's going to play. He needs the reps at uh, really not with running back necessarily. He should be able to pick that up pretty well since he's been a running back his whole life. But probably needs the reps as far as pass protection because we saw in preseason game one where he wasn't necessarily overly comfortable with that. But what are your thoughts on Rashad Penny breaking his finger and being out for the rest of the preseason at least? Well, I'm, at least it's not a knee or a uh, shoulder or a hip. It's just a finger. But, uh, you know, I just hope he's not, uh, as uh, as my friend friend uh, Dean Miller calls, a lot of these guys were a bunch of China dolls. I mean, they just they break all the time, but these running backs. But I hope I hope he's not uh, injury prone. I hope it's no big deal. Um, it doesn't sound like it is. But, um, you know, you're right. He does need the reps. I mean, there's a big difference between college and pros. So, um and preseason is to get a few of those reps in, so we'll see. Hopefully, he'll hopefully he'll be back. Yeah, and he, I mean, we'll get into preseason game one in just a, a little bit as well. But you know that even that uh, that one play where he was in the backfield and and Russell Wilson throws the touchdown pass to Nick. I want to call him Russell all the time, like I know the guy. Anyway, Russell Wilson throws the pass. I don't know him to uh, Nick Vanette, and, and it's like a laser beam throw. And Penny makes the block, but he misses the original block, and then he comes back and makes the block only because Russell is like, again, I'm going with Russell. Mr. Wilson has uh, rolled out to his right and and thrown the ball. Um, So I have a feeling without a lot of uh, practice, without a lot of preseason practice and reps, that maybe we're worried a little bit about, you know, weeks one and two and three which we'd already talked about last week uh, with Penny coming back in and, and making blocks. Um, because, again, you know, we know he can run the ball and catch the ball, but really in the NFL, as you pointed out, it's a lot different than college, and you have to be able to block oncoming rushers if you're in the backfield. Yeah, especially with that offensive line we have. They, uh, they got a few missed blocks, so we don't need a running back missing <laughs> blocks too. I mean, <laughs> seriously. I mean, DJ, DJ, you know, Fluker is the eclipse, but you know, my goodness, you know, you know, yeah. My buddy, my buddy sent me a picture of him today. He goes, he goes, your boy DJ Fluker. I'm like, man, that guy is an eclipse. Yeah, he's huge, he's huge. massive human being. Um, 
can't pass block though very well so far in his career. That's that's one big worry. Um, so Tyler Lockett went down today, but it looks like he just got kicked in the calf, according to Pete Carroll. So no no long term injury. But I think the thing that with Tyler Lockett going down today, even even if it was just a minor thing, the scare it puts in me this season is a little bit different than it was in previous years. Where you know Paul Richardson was there, and and even though he was injury riddled often, at least he was there and he was good last year. I feel like the the top end talent on the Seahawks team is is so great compared to the rest of the roster. There's so little room for these players getting injured. So I get scared when any of the players who we expect to make an impact in 2018 might be injured because it's our the season's already kind of at a precipice as far as how confident we feel going into the season. So, uh, you know, Tyler Lockett, obviously, he's going to be okay, but I don't know if you saw that on Twitter. How much did that scare you? And and just what is what are your thoughts on, like, the receiving depth? I mean, if they lost Baldwin, who, of course, is already out for the preseason, or and or Lockett, how much, how much faith would you have that Russell has guys he can throw to and trust? Uh, there's Yeah, you're, you're right. There's not much room for error in that. <laughs> in that position on the team and you know the thing that's even worse about Lockett is he's he's the kick returner so he's a, and he's a good kick returner and he can break it loose and he's a huge threat and so you know you're losing a couple positions if he's out and he's you know he got injured before and was out for a while but um and the thing that scares me about him is he's just not that big you know <laughs> he takes some hits and he's just not a big guy but yeah, I don't. I don't know. We don't really know what the. De- I mean, we got Darbo, and you know, if Marshall makes a team, but um, you know, outside of uh, you know, like I said, Baldwin and and Locke, we don't have a lot of depth. Um, so it is a concern that both the, if both those guys are injured, we're going to have some problems. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and and we'll get into preseason game one in just a second as well. But you know, backup quarterback depth. Was was really scary. Um, mm-hmm. In fact, I think I think you intercepted that pass by Austin Davis the other night. Yeah. <laughs> um, in fact, you you ran from Tennessee to Seattle to actually intercept because that's, that's how right. bad. It was. Um, <laughs> so the London game that that the Seahawks play uh, this year has been moved to uh, Wembley from Tottenham uh, Stadium. Uh, any. I mean, we're watching it either way. You know, it's it's going to be at what, 10 a.m. or whatever time it is, um, Pacific time. And uh, you have any, I think, anyway, maybe it's 7 a.m. Oh, my gosh. I have no idea. Anyway, are you, I, I, do you like these English games? Do you like them going to London every year, several times a year? And, and do you think it does anything for the NFL? I don't like it. I, I It probably does something. It probably does something for money, but I don't, I'm not sure I see the point of it other than advertising. What are we going to, we're going to put some NFL teams in, in Europe now and start having games over there. Or I, I don't know. I, it's, <laughs> I mean, well, I, I, I don't like it. I don't, I don't see really see the point of it. It's um, it messes with those guys. It's a huge time difference. You've got to mess with the schedules and, um, I don't know. I, I don't really see the point of it. I guess. I guess it's probably all about money. But other than that, I. I don't. I don't know. I guess you get the fans rooting for both teams. You know, the fans cheer either way for the majority of it. But, um, 
No, nobody has a home field advantage. They're both screwed on the time changes. So, you know, I don't know. That's I'm not true. really a big fan of it. Because they're both Pacific, you know, they're West Coast teams. So that's true. I mean, not the three hours makes probably any difference at all, really, when you're when you're having to travel wherever you're traveling from the United States. But, I mean, that Pacific time, whew, it's a challenge. Mm-hmm. So preseason game one, uh, a lot of stuff happens, uh, mostly meaningless, especially in the second half. Um, I mean, the, the Seahawks scored a t- late touchdown, and who cares? You know, the way it happened and then yeah. the fact that they lost, like, uh, you know, you pointed out last last week about just the preseason records. I mean, the Cleveland Browns were four and oh last year in the preseason. We saw it. <laughs> I mean, they didn't win a game. So that, that shows you what preseason really is means as far as wins and losses. But we did see the the first team out there on, you know, defense. Some of the players stayed out there a little bit longer. First team, especially with Russell Wilson, some of the. Chris Carson, for instance, he, he was out there a little bit longer. But most of the players, important players uh, that we think will be important in 2018, were out pretty early. Um, that first drive was pretty sweet, though, right? I mean, we we saw that the team actually, because if you can line up and block somebody, I don't care if it's a vanilla scheme, which it was on both sides, but if you can line up and block your man, that, that says a lot, right? I mean, it kind of gives you a little bit of hope going into the into the season. And Chris Carson was fantastic. And Rashad Penny with the first team was also pretty good. He had that, you know, six-yard run near the uh, near the the goal line. He didn't get in, but he, it was a pretty nifty little run. Showed a lot of speed and strength. And again, I'm just super excited about Chris Carson. What do you think about the early part of uh, preseason game one versus the Colts? Yeah, I thought the running backs did a good job. I mean, it's you know, it, like again, if they can all stay healthy, I think you know we'll we'll be pretty good and. Uh, Again, that you know it's probably going to hurt us with Penny being out for for that you know the whole the the preseason and again, not getting those reps. But I mean, it it was pretty good showing for the you know for the first team for a preseason game. Um, you know, I don't I don't have any big big takeaways or any big concerns. I tell you what, man, there's some <laughs> I'm there's a couple big injuries. I mean, what uh, Darius Geis and a couple other guys, mm. they're out for the season after their first preseason game. It's like, man, these things kill people. And again, my whole only hope from preseason games is nobody gets hurt. <laughs> right, right. Because the games don't matter. I mean, and, you know, we've got preseason game two coming up against the Chargers and the Seahawks play the Chargers later in the in November, later in the year. But it's it's weird because the next three teams that they play in preseason again the schemes are going to be vanilla and and you're not you're not a scheme scheming against the other team you're just trying to work out what you have with your own team you're not like Andrew looks the quarterback and this is how we're going to play him um, or Philip Rivers in this case this week you know this is how we're going to play him because it's totally different in the regular season than it is in the preseason. But it is still kind of weird that they play three teams that they will play in the regular season. I don't remember that being the case in previous years. Do you? Yeah, it is. It is kind of odd. I don't. I mean, usually you know they play some oddball teams in the preseason, but that is it is kind of weird. But you know, and they, like you said, if they're playing them in the in the regular season, they're not going to show much, and not that they would anyway because it's preseason, but. Right, you still have ninety people on the on the roster, and and forty seven are of them, or sorry, thirty seven are not going to make the team. So, you know, what do you really take away from it? But yeah, that's but, pretty much what it is. Is guys trying to make the team? But yeah, 
especially in the second half. Um, yeah, Michael Dixon had a uh, a punt where I, I like it. I always like it when the punter kicks it and the the punt returner is immediately sprinting backwards to try to kick the try to catch the ball, and he dropped it. Of course, it was a penalty on the play, but. What do you think about the punter competition, John Ryan versus Michael Dixon? Because uh, I'll be honest, I, I was on two other little. I was asked to be a guest on two other shows uh, this week, uh, one one in Oregon, and and both asked about Michael Dixon, uh, the punter that they drafted. So I thought that was a little weird, but so people yeah, care about it. People care about the competition. But what did you think about it? Watching, I mean, Ryan did great, but I mean Dixon, that one pun was man. Yeah, and you you know you think about it. Well, it's the punter, but <laughs> the punter plays a pretty important role in football these days. And and John Ryan has been real consistent. I mean, I don't, but he's got his you know he's got his work come out cut out for him with this guy. And and um, you know I don't know what the what the Seahawks are thinking if they're if they really are thinking about replacing Ryan or um, I don't know what's he what's he making. He's probably got to be. Making a he's, few bucks. He's over two million. So I mean, the the yeah. I actually wrote an article about that this week. Um, as far as if you break it down based on their averages from the first game, which is conceivable, but even if Dixon ended up being dropping down, that Ryan had a forty six point five yard punt per uh, average yards per punt in the first preseason game, and ended up being forty six point five. And if you break that down per his salary, it was fifty eight thousand uh, dollars per yard. In those kicks, and Michael Dixon um, makes five hundred and how he makes more than you and I do. But yeah, well, <laughs> I, let me let me say I don't know what Kevin makes. Maybe he makes several million dollars. <laughs> he makes more than I do. I can say that. But uh, Michael Dixon, or yeah, Michael Dixon does. But uh, he he makes a little over five hundred thousand. So if you break it down to eleven thousand uh, dollars per yard per punt. So it just makes financial sense for them to keep Dixon, especially when Dixon actually seems like the better punter. And uh, even if they were equal, it makes more financial sense because, like you said, you know Ryan makes some, he makes some buck. So cutting him actually makes room for other players of need and areas of need on the roster. So it is interesting. I mean, I think that I think the Seahawks are going about it the way the Seahawks do. They, you know. I think they're a good organization. That's one of the reasons I'm a f- reasons I'm a fan of the organization is because I think for the most part they do treat their players well and they treat them with respect. Um, again, we talked about last week. You know, Cam Chancellor. And I felt like they treated him with respect because everybody assumed he wasn't really going to come back this year, and they still guaranteed a salary of twelve million dollars over the next two years. That says a lot because there's a lot of teams out there who have been like, man, I could use that twelve million dollars somewhere else. But, you know, with John Ryan, they, they've kept him around, and they, they seem to be honest about the competition. And and Michael Dixon's first punt, you know, he came out there, and it, it was only, what, a 30-something yard punt. And it was down inside the 15. I guess my hopes were this this is the god of punters, and he would down it inside the 10 or the 5 or whatever. Still was a good punt. But then that just he annihilated the ball from the 7-yard line. It was 60 because he averaged 50 yards a punt. You take away that first punt with 37 yards. That that's that means he's averaging nearly 60 yards a punt on those next two. <laughs> and that's insane. For See, but who, John Ryan, John Ryan's got some intangibles though. He can throw the ball and <laughs> catch the ball. So I mean, he's you know, he's got himself. some. Yeah, he's, he's got some a fake kick because he just kind of throws it some, up in the air. Yeah, he's got some proven other talents, you know. So we got to look at those. Uh, 
those other the, the versatility of the guy and what he's right. what he's proven he can do. So, well, and I, what happens? He's, a good, he's and, a good human being. Let's put that out there too. I mean, everything he, we read about him or know about him in the community, he seems to be a really good guy, and that, I think that's important too. And he's Canadian, so you know, <laughs> there's that. <laughs> that's right. That's why they got rid of Luke. Too many Canadians. That's right. Too many Canadians on the team. <laughs> Need some more <laughs> Europeans since we're going to London to. <laughs> Had to make room for an Australian, so they got rid of the tight end Canadian. Um, right. So Shaquem Griffin, uh, last count, had 375 uh, tackles in preseason game one. Was it just a matter of him playing and being active? I mean, in coverage, he wasn't that great. But what did you think about Shaquem's first first game, really, scrimmage or whatever in the NFL? Pretty impressive. I mean, the guy gets out there, uh, makes tackles, and... Uh, not afraid to hit people. I was, I was pretty impressed with that. I mean, regardless of, of, uh, you know, who he was playing against, it's, it's the NFL. So, um, it's NFL, it's preseason, but man, he's out there hitting people. What do you have? Yeah. It's what, six, six solo tackles or something. I mean, it was, yeah. Yeah. Nine, nine tackles overall. And I think was it six or eight. I mean, most of them were solo tackles. Yeah. I mean, I was impressed with that. So, and, and Rasheem Green, of course, had to, Jeez. to me, it was really two sacks, but it was a sack and a half because he also shared it with a, with another rookie, actually. And and one was against the second, second drive of the Colts, and Andrew Luck was still the quarterback, so the offensive line still was really the players you're going to see most of the season for the Colts. And I thought getting that sack on the second drive against the Colts was, was very promising. He got another, again, half sack later in the game, which meant, you know, it was, it was playing against guys like me, you know, like a five nine buck sixty five. Hey, I'll try to block you. But I mean, I, I thought what he did with his speed, I thought that was very promising, especially when you don't know what's going to happen with Deion Jordan. If you were to start a two defensive ends week one, and and again, it's preseason, but we can't trust Deion Jordan at this point. Would you start Rasheem Green and Frank Clark as your ends at this point? Yeah, I would. That guy's a beast. I mean, he is, <laughs> man, scary. Yeah. yeah. And the, what was scary was the backup quarterback situation. Because even with Austin Davis, he came in, he was what, four or five. But the one, I mean, they really should have scored. I, I'm trying to say this where it sounds. The, the pass he threw, no, no NFL quarterback should ever throw. That he threw in the end zone. I don't know what he was looking at. I don't know why he threw it the way he threw it. That ball was so easily interceptable. It was ridiculous. And that's not a guy we can trust, um, you know, if Russell were to go down. We can't trust Austin Davis. And Magoo, um, you know, he came in. He he showed flashes of very raw talent. And then he showed flashes of this guy should be on the practice squad nowhere near playing an NFL snap for real. So, you know, we're back to the question of do are these the guys that we really want to trust as a backup quarterback? Because we're starting to run out of luck, maybe in a way. Russell Wilson plays every game, almost every down in the entire year. And that's just not in the NFL today. Quarterbacks just don't last every season, every game. I mean, even if he misses five games, God forbid, we can't have one of these guys coming in as a backup, right? The, the, the solution has to be elsewhere than these two, right? 
I think I think it does. I don't, I, the, but the thing is, if if Wilson does go down for a significant amount of time, then they they'd obviously look at somebody else. But I mean, it, it, you're right, Wilson. The way he plays, the way he runs, the way he gets hit, he's he's prone to um, you know to get smacked around and, and get injured. But yeah, I don't I don't know. There's you know, you can't spend a lot of money when you're paying your quarterback as much as we're paying ours. You, you can't pay a backup quarterback a lot of money. So, um, you know, I guess probably have to go with what we got. And then if he does, God forbid, if he does go down, then, you know, look somewhere else look for a Johnny Manziel or something like that. But <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's a scary thought. That's horrifying. Um, oh, you're going to go there. Oh, I didn't need it. I just, I just thought about that. I saw something on Twitter or something about his, uh, what he threw three or four interceptions in his first half of his first game in the Canadian league. Is that what he did? I, I didn't actually so, see what he ended up doing. So stupid was, like that. Wow. Yeah. I've seen like, I've seen names thrown about, you know, besides Colin Kaepernick, which is the obvious one, but I don't think that's a, a realistic one. Jay Cutler and players like that, you know, who could come in, um, I mean, Cutler is—he's not going to win. Such, he's such a leader. He's <laughs> such a—he's such, such a just such an energy and leader quality about him. He'd fit in right well. He's very effervescent. <laughs> I, I, he's still a better answer than Magoo or Davis. Um, yeah, that's true. You know, at this at this point, there's a lot of—I don't know—that sophomore quarterback for Alabama is probably a better person uh, <laughs> quarterback uh, at this point. Um, uh, no offense to Magoo and Davis, I'm sure they're fine people, and Magoo might end up being fine. And I mean, he's just so raw; he's not anywhere near, and they they just shouldn't have him as the backup quarterback going into 2018 because that guy might actually have to play real snaps, and he shouldn't, unless they're just putting somebody on the roster as the backup, thinking, well, if something actually does happen, we will look somewhere else. We're not going to pay somebody. You know, up front, obviously, to bring them in until the time just has to be, uh, and maybe that's the case. Um, yeah, there's there's a big difference between hey, he's the backup quarterback, and hey, he might have to play someday. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, that's that's true. Um, so, and you know, the offensive line, I thought early on, I thought they George Fan actually even as a replacement came in looked decent. But I thought the offensive line looked be- uh, okay. I mean, um, you know, again, it's a vanilla scheme, but in run blocking, I thought they were able to how, – how exciting was it that they picked it up on fourth and one and with Chris Carson and, and maybe gained two yards, but that's not something they would have probably done the last two years. I thought that yeah. was really nice because that's just man-on-man, I'm blocking you, and we're getting this yard, which I right. thought was very promising. And, and if Eddie didn't – didn't have six or seven penalties, so that's also promising, correct? Yeah, it is. I, I think he's still on the on the uh, watch list, though, because you know we'll see. Especially if uh, Fant or somebody else, you know, does a does a good job, and Fetty does keep does go back to his uh, his usual suspect uh, <laughs> performance. <laughs> yeah, I. I... Posick and Brown, that side, that left side of the line, I think I think that's a really, as long as they both stay healthy for the entire season of 2018, I think that's extremely nice to have. I think Russell will feel a lot more comfortable, especially rolling. If he has to roll, he'll roll to that side. Um, 
you know, it's not his natural side since he's right-handed. He wants to roll right most of the time, but just the, the, the confidence that he must have in that side of the line is something he hasn't had at all with any part of the line since he's been the quarterback. So that's got to be comforting to the guy who's the most important player on the Seahawks, right? Yeah, exactly. I agree. Yeah, that's, uh, you, you need, you need, real, you need good protection on that side of the line. So, and he's, he's got it right now with the other, other side. We'll see. So CC season. That's great. Preseason game two. This is live, by the way, we don't edit this. Um, preseason game two, <laughs> uh, versus the charger at 10 PM, uh, Eastern 7 PM, uh, Pacific time on Saturday. So another kind of late game if you're watching from the East Coast and still kind of late on, even on the on Pacific time because you know, used to seeing games end at 7, so start at 7 for the most part. Um, you know, the starters are going to go a little bit longer um, into the second quarter probably, maybe even towards closer to the half depending because second and third week of preseason are really where the starters get most of their reps in and and especially that third game, the fourth game, they may not play at all. So what are you looking for uh, in preseason game two? Because we're not going to see Baldwin and we're not going to see Penny. Um, we're going to be missing some some more players than we obviously missed in game one of the preseason. So what are you looking forward to most? The punting competition again? Yeah, punting competition. And then it'll be interesting to see you know what what the wide receivers do. Because if Baldwin's not play, playing, we'll see if Lockett's up. But you know maybe we somebody might earn a job and then, you know, just watching that defensive backfield, see who's going to win the jobs there. I mean, there's a, there's quite a few people that are, that are, um, you know, on the injured list right now. I think some of them are minor injuries, but, um, or maybe they just say they're injuries, but you know, there's a lot of people getting dinged up. So I'm just, I hope we'll see some, hopefully see somebody win a job, you know, and just, uh, again, say it every time just don't get hurt <laughs> right right yeah one thing i meant to ask you about um going back to preseason the first preseason game is trey flowers played 31 snaps and had a lot of balls thrown his way what do you think about him do you think he did okay i think he did good he's yeah he's a he's a pretty good player i mean he's um uh you know hold holds his own and i think he's uh he's got to step up and um i think he is um but I, I like the kid. I think I like Justin Coleman too. Oh, Coleman, yeah. In the limited time he played, he was fantastic. Yeah. Um, and and so was Griffin, really. Um, so I think you know, as it, as far as the secondary, I think we're going to be a cornerback. In any, anyway, uh, there's a lot of good things that I saw from preseason game one that will translate into the season, and I think cornerback is is going to be safe it's the safety position that kind of worries me a little bit if there's no earl um i mean we did see you know tedrick thompson play and he made some tackles but mm, i'm not not totally sold on him being a starter yet Um, yeah i'm kind of i'm kind of hoping i mean you know what this this earl thomas stuff going on it's some of the hopefully some of these younger guys are going hey you know what i got i got an opportunity here to step up and make this team and make an impact on this team. And, you know, hope maybe somebody will do that. And then Earl Thomas will be a non-factor. That's, you know, that's kind of what I'm hoping for. I mean, Earl Thomas is a tough one to replace, just like every one of those, every one of those Legion of Boom guys. But still, if you got a guy out there that wants it bad enough and, you know, he takes the opportunity and says, well, 
I'm going to take advantage of Earl Thomas sitting out and uh, earn myself a spot and see what I can do. So I'm, I'm hoping somebody does that. Yeah, that's the best case scenario, really. I mean, if Earl Thomas decides to keep holding out and then some other players plays so well that maybe he's not Earl Thomas, but he's a pretty decent replacement, and Earl decides, oh, I'm not coming back, and the Seahawks are like, oh, okay. We're, we're going to be okay without you. That, that would be best case scenario, and, and we might see that. Well, I think we will see that play out over the next couple of weeks as well. So, yeah. uh, you know, Chargers, are they're going to come in. They're going to do the same thing the Seahawks are. They're going to play their starters for a little bit. doesn't matter who wins or loses. I mean, the Seahawks could go 0-4 in the preseason. They won't, but, but they could go 0-4 in the preseason, and, you know, it won't make any difference because the real games start in September. Um, any final words, final thoughts, Kevin? Um, not really. Just It's just, uh, you know, exciting to see. I just I always just like like these young guys trying to fight for a job and and uh you know there's always somebody that uh, that steps up that you don't expect to and wins a job and and makes a difference on a team so that's that's always exciting to me awesome well as always you have the final two words of the podcast go hawks When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.